Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. How many mothers do we have here? How many mothers? Raise your hand if you're a mother. All right, all right. So stand up if you're a mother. Just embarrass you like crazy. Come on, stand up. Let's go. All right, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, all right, uh, you can, you, thank, you, thank you. After service, by the way, we have a gift for you. We have, we have a flower we want to give you as you walk out the doors. We figured we wouldn't give it to you on the way in or you'd be playing with it the whole time during service. And I'd rather people pay attention than play with flowers. Um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, so we, we do have that for you. And I, as a parent, I remember when we had our first child. Like before we had a kid, it, things, things were easy. Amen? That's a spiritual phrase. Uh, before kids, things were easy. Uh, we had these dreams of all the fun that we would have with our kids and the joy they would bring to our lives, right? You remember this? You're thinking about this? How we would always be happy. There would never be crying. Uh, how how it, the, our child's life would be marked with honesty, truth, and obedience, things like that. Uh, and then he would never need to be disciplined. Just the, the thought of discipline was so foreign, like that's just never going to happen, never going to be an issue, never going to have to cover that. They just give it to God. And, uh, and, and uh, we would never have to say no. Everybody say no. <laughs> right, wrong. Now I say no at least 100 times a day. A hundred. A hundred. But being a parent is tough, it's trying, and often it's, it's nothing like what we imagined it would be. So today, moms, we just want to say thank you to you, because being a mom is not easy. It's incredibly difficult, and it's, a, it's an amazing calling. Children are a blessing from the Lord, but moms are a bigger blessing. And... Uh, this is interesting. Last weekend, we were at the marriage retreat, and we were with Dan Seaborn, who was our guest speaker. And he, he has family ministry. He talks, uh, he, he, they minister to, uh, to full families, not just married couples. And he was saying some things to us during lunch, talking about like, how history is, or, or like everything's changed from, from the past. And what he, what he was trying to say, and what I'm trying to say, is, is this statement. He said, for the first time in history, new moms cannot go to their mother or grandma to ask for accurate advice. He said moms today, and he had all these statistics, moms today face more obstacles than any mom that ever existed in the past. And now, no offense, moms, (laughs) but with media and the, the, the ability to connect to every, every sinful, vile thing in the world at just, at, I mean, I don't have my phone with me, which is very rare. I was going to pull it out and show you. But um, at, at a moment's notice, new moms, they, they can't go to, to grandma and say, hey, how did you do this? Because grandma never faced a culture where their child could get a hold of sinful situations so easily. You can send them to their room, but in their room they can, they can access sinful things. You can ground them from their phone, but they'll find, they, they're, all the media finds a way to get to them everywhere that they go. Um, now they have these, you know, the, the, the vape cigarette things. No offense if anybody's a smoker. But, uh, but the vape thing, now they have them, they look like USB drives. And so you can take them into school and they don't produce any smoke. So kids can be taking their little plug into the computer, but it's not for a computer. It's so that they can get high in school. And so like, it's everywhere. And so mothers today have a huge challenge. And, uh, 
And in fact, before I even go any further, why don't we take a minute just to pray for moms, and I'll add in prayer for the service as well. So let's bow our heads. If you're next to a mother, why don't you just like grab their hand or put your hand on their shoulder. Father, we thank you for these women in this place today. And all of the, the mothers that are represented by the people in here. Um, Father, I just pray a special blessing over each one of their lives. Lord, whether they, their children are grown and out of the house or if they're at home, Father, the burden that is on their heart to love their children and to see their children come to know you and live successful, fruitful lives. Lord, you know everybody's situation. You know every family that is happy and every family that is hurting. And Father, when a family is hurting, the mother's heart hurts. And so, Father, I pray you bring peace to their hearts and direction and wisdom as they're used so often to help direct the futures of their children. And so, Father, I thank you and praise you that they are such a blessing. And Father, for those in this place who, who didn't have a mom or want to be a mom and haven't, haven't gotten to that place yet, Father, I just pray, I just pray also a special blessing over them that, that today is, is, is still a day of celebration for what you're going to do in their lives, Lord, and, and for, for the plan that you have for them. God, I thank you for, for each and every lady in this room and, and the great purpose that they've been created for. Father, I pray that as we get into the words, you give us ears that hear. Give us hearts that understand, Lord, and give us minds that desire to live like you and to live for you. And let these words not be mine. Let them be your words today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give it up one more time for the moms in the place. <clears throat> so, uh, so if you notice that today, if, if, if you see me walking around, you, you'll notice that I have a little bit of a limp. I've loosened it up a little bit. But, but yesterday, I ran the Riverbank Run, the 25K, 15.5 miles. My wife did a whole bunch of people in here did that. Give it up for all the, all the runners out there. So the thing is, is about a week and a half ago, I was doing a training run, and, uh, and my knee started to hurt. And it started to hurt to the point where, where I couldn't finish the run. I had to walk in through a rainstorm two and a half miles, just soaking wet like, this stinks, <laughs> you know, limping. And, uh, and so I'd l I tried to let it heal for the last week and a half, and I didn't do any other training runs. I put a knee brace on, and yesterday I lined up for the race at 8.30 in the morning and, and realized that I was going to run 15.5 miles whether I died or not. <laughs> and, and so I, I started running, and everything felt really good, and, and my knee at about mile two was just whispering to me <laughs> that something wasn't right. And, uh, and at mile three, that whisper was more like a talking voice. And by mile four, they were it was screaming in my ear. <laughs> Stop. My knee was yelling, no. Everybody say no. No, Ross, no. And every, every step it was like, no, 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 no. And, and see, see, often in our lives, we're faced with no situations. And we have the choice whether or not we're going to go ahead and do things anyway, or if we're going to listen to the no's in our life. Everybody say no. So by mile seven, my mind was saying no. My leg was saying no. My other leg was saying no. And everything in me was, I'm going to make it to the end. And so I toughed it out, and Pastor Dom was there at mile. He had run a different race before me. He's at mile 15, so he had half a mile left. And he comes running out next to me, and I'm like, you know. And he, and he comes out, and he's like, let's go. You can do it. Let's go. You ever have somebody like that in your life who's just like, you can do this? And I went, this is not a you can do this moment. <laughs> and 
I slowed down, and I walked for a minute, and he's like, come on, run. I said, this is not a run moment. You will either walk with me and support me, or you will get back on the sidewalk. <laughs> My knee is saying no. I finished the race. I'll probably pay for it for the next month and a half, but no, it was, it was, it was cool to tough through it. It was like a test in endurance, but, but the fact of the matter is, is sometimes in our lives, um, like my knee, sometimes God tells us no, and sometimes uh, we choose not to listen to God's no, and we get ourselves into trouble. Sometimes God says no, and we just continue to pray for the same thing, even though we, we've clearly seen that it's a no. We just don't want to accept the fact that it's a no. At mile seven, I probably should have accepted the no, but, uh, <laughs> but I didn't. And, and, <clears throat> and so today I want to talk about what, you know, some of the reasons why God says no. Sometimes God's answer to your prayer is no. That's your first thing to fill in in your card, so if you got it with you. Like, how could this be that God would say no to us? I mean, as a parent, we know we often have to say no. But the Bible, people want to take, a, take some scriptures and they're like, wait a second, but the Bible says if I ask anything, that he'll say yes. How can I accept the fact that God might say no? Um, in fact, I've got scriptures. It says he'll do anything we pray for. John 14, 13, it says, and I will do whatever you ask. Say whatever you ask. In my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for what? anything in my name, and I will what? Do it. And so we, we, we get this, we read scriptures like this, and we think, wait a second, God can't say no. The Bible seems to say that he's going to say yes all the time. Does this mean every prayer is going to be answered the way I want it to be answered? Everybody together say no. No, right? Remember that the answer to every prayer will be one that glorifies the Father. And if something, and so, or actually, and sometimes the correct answer to your prayer is no. So I want to look at reasons why the Bible says God will say no. Uh, because just like your kids, there's a lot of reasons to say no. Uh, so also remember this, prayer is supposed to be genuine communication with God. I told you that would be in every week. Prayer is supposed to be genuine communication with God. It's supposed to be you and God in relationship, talking back and forth, allowing him to, to speak to you, and you speaking to him. Okay, so it mean, genuine means authentic, which means real. And let's be real, how many times is the answer to your children no? Probably more than yes. Um, so sometimes in communication with God, it's going to be a no. You wouldn't just give your kid anything they want. Last night, uh, my mom and I got into a discussion as we were cooking, just about to cook dinner, and she was trying to feed them ice cream sandwiches. Uh, she's a grandma. Apparently when grand is before mom, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> you just wouldn't give your kid anything that they want because it wouldn't produce good results in the long run, right? So what they go, but what if they don't go home? Next time that happens, we're just, my wife and I, we're just leaving. You sugared them up, you keep them. So here we go. Title, Reasons God Says No. Number one, God may say no because you are living in sin. Happy Mother's Day. Listen to this. 
Couldn't be more clear. John 9.31. We know that God does not listen to sinners. Yeesh. He listens to the godly person who will do his will or who does his will. Pretty clear. Pretty straightforward. And nobody likes to hear this. We're going to dig into it for in a second, but nobody likes to hear this because we all think about how much we sin. And we go, wait a second. So does God hear my prayers? Can he hear my prayers? And, and we're taught that we, you know, we don't want to be taught. Some people have been taught that they have to be perfect to come to God. Now, I don't believe that's necessarily the case here. But uh, I believe that God will meet you right where you are right now. But there's more scriptures that actually say this same thing as the scripture I just read. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. 1 Peter 3, 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Sinners. In all of these cases, we see this reference to God not, like choosing not to hear the prayers of the wicked or of the sinners. And, and meaning they are currently, what this means is they are currently living in a state of sin. And, and so they're not, they're not, I guess you could say worthy. Everybody say worthy. Oh, now, and this is, you got to hang on with me all the way through this because you're going, wait, you, you've said things different. Than, you're not worthy to be heard. So who is worthy enough to be heard? Because the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? That every one of us has sinned. We all fall short. So how do I get righteous enough to be heard? Can God hear my prayer right now? Or do I need to fix myself before God can hear me? How many, everybody say no. Because we all know that God wants to meet you right where you are. That, it's not, that, you, that, that we don't have to do our own redemptive work. That's why Jesus came to redeem us from sins, right? And so this is, this is what I believe this is really coming down to, is that you have to honestly want to meet God in order for your prayers to be heard. You have to honestly, everybody say honestly, you have to honestly want to meet God in order for your prayers to be heard, in order for God to listen to you. The other day, my kids were fighting in the car. They were climbing in. They were fighting over who was going to get each, uh, which car seat. Because, of course, when you have 1,700 kids, you don't generally have the same uh, brand of car seat every time. And they like this one, and they don't like that. So they're fighting over it. And in the process of fighting over it, one of them kicks the other one in the face. And so the one, you know, our second oldest is holding his face like this, and the other one is in his chair like this, and he got the chair he wanted. And so, as in typical dad fashion, I nearly crawl across all the seats in the car to yell at them. And, uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm giving it to him and all this stuff, and I say, I say to him, you need to apologize to your brother. And he goes, sorry. They sit down, they buckle up, literally 10 seconds later, Dad, can we go get ice cream? Guess what my answer was? Right! Absolutely not! No is the answer, and it's the right one! Why? Because they don't deserve ice cream. Because they're jerks. I love them. They're my people. They're my people. 
But why in the world would I say yes when they're living a lifestyle at that moment of being unworthy of receiving? Does that make sense to you? I'm telling you, I like ice cream. And, and man, I'm not trying to promote anybody, but Culver's little cement mixer thing, you put a bunch of stuff in there, I eat that all day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I, I don't eat that, I'd like to. Had, they, had there been an honest apology, heartfelt right there, I would have probably said, yeah, let's go get ice cream, because I want ice cream. But it's not going to happen when my children have an attitude of dishonesty. God wants you to, gen if you genuinely come to the Lord, truly wanting to connect with Him, He will hear your prayer. But when you choose to live in a lifestyle of sin, if in your head right now you go, I know I'm sinning and I'm not going to stop sinning, but Lord, could you fix my situation? Why in the world would we think that God would say yes to that? God's answer is going to be no. He knows whether you're being honest with Him or not. He knows your heart better than you know your heart. Hebrews 11.6 says this. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him, everybody say comes to Him, must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Reward those who earnestly seek Him. Seek him. That phrase comes to God that I had you repeat could really say anybody who wants relationship with God or goes to God in prayer. And the only way into relationship with God is through Jesus Christ as Lord because he's the redeemer, right? He came to save us. But that can only happen if you honestly want God in your life. If you honestly want his input. So we can't be choosing to live in sin and still expect God to want to reward us with the answers to prayers. There's lots of examples in the Bible where people came to Jesus wanting, honestly wanting connection with him. And we see amazing miracles happen. And then there's times where people come to Jesus and they're really not in it for Jesus. They're in it for themselves. They're really not in it for connection to God. And he says no. Hmm. What's really cool and really interesting is that in many of the cases where Jesus does heal people and do miracles and answer incredible prayers, his last phrase as he leaves them is, go and sin no more. Wow. Number two, one of the reasons that God might say no to your prayer is because of the consequences of sin. Because the answer no is a consequence to your sin. So this is different than living a lifestyle of sin. This is a result of something that you've done. David, in the Bible, prayed to save the life of his son. Now, if, if you know the story, David, his, his army is out at war. He sees Bathsheba. I think it's really weird that her name is Bathsheba and he saw her taking a bath. Like, have, has anybody ever thought that was weird? I have, oh, since I was, you know, a few years old and learned about the, the story, I thought that was odd. But anyway, he sees her, and, uh, and he wants her. She's already married. He sends 
her husband who's in the army to the front line and, and instructs him to be in the very front and as the army approaches for the rest of the army to back up and let him be killed. So he's essentially, truthfully, guilty of murder to get Bathsheba. And they have a child together. And so this, this whole, as this process happens, David is, is there and there's a prophet, a temple prophet, who's part of, of the group of advisors for David named Nathan. And he comes to David and he lays out this whole story of, of this guy who steals something from another guy and all these different things that happen. And in that moment, David realizes what he's done is a sin. That killing uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, is, is a sin. And so this is, this is what happens in the story, right, right as he's realizing that, that what he did is really wrong, that he committed a sin. 2 Samuel 12, 13, it says, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied this, this is awesome, The Lord has taken away your sin. The Lord has forgiven you. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child at Uriah's, uh, that Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, had born to David, and he became ill. Verse 16, David pleaded with God for the child. What is that? David prayed, right? He asked the Lord not to take the life of the child. He, fast, he fasted. He spent the nights lying in sackcloth. How many people have, have spent nights lying in sackcloth? You must have not really wanted it, whatever you were praying for. David, uh, David he, he pleaded. He fasted. I mean, this was some serious prayer, right? Laid in sackcloth on the ground, which we've, I've explained before, but someday I'll do it in the future, what sackcloth is. Uh, the, the elders of his household stood beside him and told him to get up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. Verse 18, on the seventh day the child died. God said no. Why? Lesson for us, sin has consequences. Sometimes we still have to face the consequences of our sin. And this is what we see with our own families. If, if there were no consequences for us to face, we wouldn't learn anything. If your kid didn't have to face any consequences, they would never learn anything. Like we're, we're, we're getting into a culture now where, where discipline is frowned upon. Where, where doing anything to try to direct your, your child as, as a form of, I guess you could call it punishment or direction, is, is wrong. But, but look at where our society is going. And I'm not standing up here saying you need to spank your kids. What I'm saying is that kids need to face consequences every now and then. And they need to learn from those things. Because if they don't learn from those things, when they become adults, they're a mess. They're a mess. I've told this before, but every Sunday after church, I would run. My dad's sitting right here. He's, he's the pastor of the church I grew up at. Every Sunday after church, I would run to my room and lock the door because I knew dad was coming to spank me because I had done something wrong during the church service. I mean, I would bring like, like baby rabbits in and like, I'd catch them outside, like roll matchbox cars up to the front step. I've told you that before, and he's here today. And I knew I was getting spanked, but you know what? On Sunday, I'm real reverent now. Just saying. I'm not saying God's, God's role out there is to punish us. I'm saying that sometimes God's answer is no because he needs us to learn something. 
All good things come from the Father above, right? Only the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But by the way, if you're sinning, then you're in the devil's world. And the consequence to your sin is not God punishing you. It's a result of playing around in the devil's playground. And if you, don't, if you, if you think that God's just going to release you from any of those punishments, why would he do that? Because you'll never learn anything. It's so interesting that it says David was forgiven. See, back in those days, if you killed somebody else, it was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That, it, was, it was like, you know, you do it, you get it. And so he deserved to die. David the king deserved to die by law. He should have been brought in front of everybody, and he should have been executed in front of everybody. And so God did forgive him. He did free him from death and from the punishment in, in a way, but there was still something that was a result of his sin that had to be dealt with. And, and for each one of us, we, there's, there's times in our lives where we want to blame God for doing something wrong when really we're the one who was playing in the devil's playground. And we're the one who has to face the consequence of the sin that we're in. God can restore you. He can restore your relationships. But sometimes it's going to take a bit, and it's a process. I think sometimes God uh, also answers no to keep us from falling into problems. Remember that scripture that says, Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. The Lord's Prayer. I think sometimes he has to say no to honor the prayer. Sometimes he has to say no. You can come out, Alexis. She's going to put some mood music on. God could, this is number three reasons why God says no. God could be keeping you from danger. The Lord's Prayer is literally asking the Lord to tell you no. You realize if you've prayed that prayer in your life, you have asked the Lord to answer some of your prayers with a no. I remember, uh, I remember years ago, again, this is so funny that my parents are here. I remember I, I wanted so badly to go to this party after a school dance, and I, I remember, like, honestly, praying to God that my parents would let me go to this party where I knew there was stuff that was going to happen that I absolutely should not go to or be part of. And I got a big, fat no from God and my parents. But I didn't know what was planned at that party. And I found out later from people that were there that I was going to be a target at that party. I didn't know this. Sometimes God's going to say no to you because he needs to. Because you need him to. Because if he said yes, you're going to walk into a situation that's going to cause you hurt and cause you pain. Some of you are praying for a relationship right now, but the, but the person that God has for you isn't around. And God's saying no to that person and no to that person and no to that person as you're looking at him going, maybe that guy, maybe that girl, maybe that person. God's saying no because he knows if he says yes to that one, you're going to walk into something that's going to cause you hurt and pain and sin. If you're praying for something that you know doesn't line up with the word, why, why would we expect God to say yes if he knows it's going to cause pain in your life?
Psalm 121.7 says, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Do you trust that God has your best in mind? And can you trust that if he says no, that you can be okay with that and trust that he's got your best in mind in that moment? My knee told me no, and I didn't trust it. You've told your kids no, because you know what it's going to get them into. And they may or may not have followed it. Why do you say no to your kids if you're a parent? Why? Moms, just think about it. You don't have to say it loud, loud. Why do you say no to your kids? Do you say no because you hate them? Do you say no because you want to hurt them? Do you say no because you want to lord your power over them? Do you say no to them because you want to destroy them? Do you say no to them because you want to see them squirm or you want to see them go through trouble in their life? Absolutely not. The answer to every one of those questions is no. You say no to them because you love them. And because you want the best for them. Because you want happiness for them. Because you want purpose for them. Because you want a future for them. You say no because you love them. Don't you think God feels the same? Your kids don't always interpret your no in the way that you want them to. And we don't always interpret God's no the way that he wants us to. Sometimes the answer is no. just to kind of go back and put it like an exclamation mark on the end of this, this message today. By the way, next week, uh, I'm going to talk about why God says no. Because there's a whole bunch more reasons found in the Word that are better than the ones I gave you today. Why God says no. But today, He says no if someone's in sin. If he says yes to someone in sin, they'll never choose to live for him fully because they can continue to live in sin and still have their prayers answered. Okay. He says no sometimes because it's the consequences of your sin that you need to face because if he gets rid of the consequences in your life, you will keep on sinning and just expecting him to clean up the mess. So he says no. And God says no to some of your prayers that you want because if he says yes to everything, then he'd be answering prayers that could lead you into trouble and pain in your life. And why in the world would a loving father want you to hurt? Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you, Lord, that you have the pulse of their heartbeat in your mind and in your heart and in your hands every day. Lord, some people in this place today I think need to, need to know, God, that, that you are right here with them, right here in this moment. And all they have to do is be willing to let you lead their life. And you can begin a genuine relationship with God. 
that he can genuinely be part of everything that you do. He has a great purpose and a plan for your life. And he wants to see you walk it out all the way to it and fulfill things in your life that are part of his plan and that will bring fulfillment and wholeness to your situation, to your life, and to your destiny. Father, I thank you again for all the mothers who've had to say no so many times in their lives. And how sometimes saying no hurts, even though you know it's what has to be said. Lord, give them peace over that decision. And Lord, let us as, as a people choose to love one another the way that you loved us choose to want to show people how incredible God's love, your kind of love is. If you're here with everybody's eyes closed and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, but you want to, today you want to start a genuine relationship with God, I want to give you that opportunity. And again, if you're watching on the live stream today, if you're at home or in your car or wherever you're at, running on a treadmill, this is for you as well. If you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, it's a two-step process. One is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And number two, believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, that he really is God, and that he really loves you. And if you want to make this decision today, and you want to begin living out a life that's driven with purpose from God, with him as your leader, right now with everybody's eyes closed, if that's you, just lift your hand up. Is there anybody in this service that would like to make Jesus Lord? Awesome. I see your hand. Keep it up just for a minute. The ushers are putting something in your hand. Set it on your lap. Don't worry about it. Awesome. All right. Everybody can keep your eyes closed, but if you raised your hand, would you just look up here at me? Just you. I just want you to know that today I see you. But it doesn't matter that I see you. God sees you. He saw you raise your hand, but he's seen you your whole life. And right now, heaven is rejoicing that a son and a daughter want to come and be part of the family. So this is serious. This is, this is you saying, God, I want you to be every, in every part of my life. When things are hard, guys, you run to God instead of away because he wants to wrap you up like a, like a parent would and help you out. And when things are awesome, he wants you to celebrate with him. So we're going to say this prayer and we're going to get this started right now. But if you ever have questions or you need help, come talk to me. Don't be afraid to come right up, right up to me and say, hey, I've got a question about this. Because we as a church and as a family, we want to help you fulfill the destiny that God has for your life. So why don't you close your eyes again, and we're going to pray. And if you're online, just pray this with us. Because right now, God will meet you right where you are, in your house or in your car. Pray this with me. Say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross, defeat the grave, and to rise again so that I could be saved. I was a sinner and I have struggled with sin. But today I'm different. I'm a new creation, a child of God, redeemed, remastered, and remade. Today I choose to make you Lord of my life and to live for you 
from this day on, for as long as I live. Lead me into the life you created for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.